Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Welcome along to this special episode of Football Digest. Earlier this summer, Mirror Football's Dan Blackham sat down with former USA international striker Taylor Twelman to talk about Lionel Messi's arrival in the MLS what Florin Balogun should do after returning to Arsenal from a successful Lansbury in League 1 last season and the growth of the MLS. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Obviously we're here to talk about Major League Soccer. In England, Major League Soccer still... Um, it's still not... It's still, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. No, no, it's still not... Basically, it's still not one of the biggest leagues over here. What do you feel like Major League Soccer has to do in order to... You know, it's not going to it's not going to overturn the Premier League, but there's a there's a real chance that with the players and the quality in Major League Soccer, it can become a top league over here. What do you feel like it has to do in order to become that? Stay patient. I think oftentimes the American mindset is to go zero to 100 as quickly as possible, and I think no matter how you look at football around the world, there's history around the world that particularly here in England and in Western Europe, these leagues have been around for hundreds of years, and so Major League Soccer's still under 30 years young, right? So you you look at it and say, hold on here. Now, in saying that, I think the more players that are sold out of Major League Soccer that are playing in the top five leagues in the world where every single time the commentators are talking about Tyler Adams, Brendan Aronson, Weston McKinney, all of these players that are coming out of the academies, coming out of Major League Soccer, uh, then all of a sudden the respect level is going to be there. Um, but nobody's naive in this world that understands the Premier League and Major League Soccer aren't on the same level. However, I think the interest level around the world is much higher than it was 15 years ago when I was playing. But even so, as a, as a commentator for the last 14 years, Major League Soccer, from scouts, from the football world and the world football market, is on the radar a lot sooner than I think myself thought it would be. But more so, I think some of the owners, and that's just because I think the players in the United States are getting better faster than people around the world are looking at. Do you think that it helps that you know players like I was speaking with Bradley about Ricky Pooch? Yes, having him going from Barcelona to La Masia, he probably could have stayed in Europe. He probably could have gone to you know maybe a Villarreal or Valencia or you know a team in Italy, a team in France. The fact that he went to America and I spoke to him and he said he wants to basically he wants to run that league. He wants to be the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Do you think the fact that players are choosing to go over from Europe to America when while they're still young 
Um, do you think that's sort of helping helping the league in a big way? Absolutely. Look at Miguel Amaral and what he did for Newcastle, right? And in you look at players like that. Look at Mascara. He's on loan from Wolves at Cincinnati. And when you talk to any scout in the world, Colombia's national team calls him in not because he's sitting on the bench with Wolves because he's playing every game for Cincinnati. That's what I'm talking about. The respect level on the world market now from scouts and everyone else, games being played in the Major League Soccer is way better than it was in years past. Ricky Pooch is a great example. Now, Ricky Pooch, over the last three or four games, has had the best run of his professional career. He would tell you that. Not at Barcelona, but with the LA Galaxy. And he's learning how to become a leader. He's learning how to be the best player that he can be on that team. But if he continues in the form that he is, he may not stay. That's okay. That's good. Because now Major League Soccer was part of his career. And wherever Ricky Pooch ends up, they got to talk about LA Galaxy. They got to talk about MLS and helping him develop. And I think that's way more important than a player playing 12, 15 years in Major League Soccer. Because then the Chelsea fans, the La Liga fans, the Bundesliga fans, the Serie A fans all need to pay attention because, wait a minute, Major League Soccer is part of the world market now. Okay, see, I was going to ask you if you thought that it hampered the league with players leaving Major League Soccer to go to you. Not that Miguel Amaron going to Newcastle hampered the league, but um, what I was going to ask was, you feel like it's beneficial to the league that players like Haney Mukta, um, you know, Ricky Pooch if he stays, um, Thiago Armada staying at Atlanta United. Do you think that players like that, the fact that they're playing their best football in America and they're not just getting persuaded by, you know, the first offer that they get, they're, they're, they're ditching and they're going over to Europe or they're going to South America. You know, how much of a, of a benefit for Major League Soccer is that? Well, it's great. I mean, Hani Mukhtar, I, I said this four weeks ago on Apple TV. I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be in the top 10 greatest players of MLS history. Because Hani Mukhtar over the last three years has more goal and assist combined than anyone else in a three-year period. You need to have superstars. You have to have superstars to grow the league. But those superstars can come all over the world. If Miguel Amaron stayed at Atlanta United for 10 to 12 years, he would be in that conversation. He's that kind of player. But what I'm saying is this is still a business. In Major League Soccer, when I played, which wasn't that long ago, was more worried about sustaining that and surviving. Now they're thriving. Now they're selling players. Now they're making money. Now they're a player on the world market. In the long run, that's way more beneficial to the league um, and I think to the sport because now said football fans in the United States can watch the Premier League in the morning and watch former Atlanta United player play and then at nighttime go watch Atlanta United and find the next best player that's going to make that jump. I think you've got to have a good balance and I think certain players are going to stay, certain players aren't. You said Thiago Amada. Thiago Amada's not staying in Major League Soccer. He's a World Cup winner. Atlanta's going to make real money off of his sale. And then the next Tiago Amada in Argentina and Uruguay and Brazil is going to look at it and say, I don't want to go to Mexico. I want to go to Major League Soccer to then take that step for my career. Business-wise, uh, longevity-wise, that's where Major League Soccer's growth is exponential over the last five to seven years. And do you feel like that's that's massively helped by players who come to who come to America, you know, Please forgive me for using this term, but it used to be the term in, in the UK at least that Major League Soccer was viewed as a retirement league. Mm-hmm. You know, players like Davide, Frank Lampard, Steve Gerrard, they would move over there really late in their careers. Now it's, that's not the case; they're moving over there younger. You know, what, what do you feel about this, this shift in the shift in approach to Major League Soccer in that sense? Well, the last five years, the average age of the incoming player was just under twenty-five years old. 
you still have to sign Lionel Messi. You still yeah. have to sign Steven Gerrard, even though Steven Gerrard struggled mm-hmm. with the Galaxy. Frank Lampard wasn't great with New York City. David Villa was. Didier Drogba was. Zlatan was. Um, the retirement league is something that I think anyone that says that just is doing that to kind of get under people's skin, which is yeah. what we do in this world. But if you look at the numbers and the data, that's not supportive of it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you're, you have to sign Lionel Messi. Yeah. If Cristiano Ronaldo wants to come, you have to look at it. Zlatan. These are world stars. And I just find it funny when people say retirement league because Zlatan then left the LA Galaxy and went to Syria, and not a single person said anything about Syria, right? So, yeah. but that's part of the world we live in. Social media, you do things for clicks. I do think there was at a time when Major League Soccer looked at David Beckham, Thierry Henry, Juan Pablo on Hell, and that was when the league changed. And you needed those players in order to jumpstart the conversation to get from a mom-and-pop league to a soccer league, to get the young professionals buying tickets, their hard-earned money, putting it into the game. That was right around 2007 when Toronto came in and Seattle, Portland. And what I'm trying to say is they used the designated player, the old retired player, even though David Beckham still came over here on loan. Yeah. Robbie Keane still won World Cup qualifiers and Euro qualifiers for Ireland, so he wasn't dead. Thierry Henry, the same player. So you need to look at it in different phases. I do think retirement league was fair at a certain time. It's nowhere near fair now because the Almarones, the Joseph Martinez, the Tiago Amadas, the PT Martinez, all these young players in South America that Major League Soccer had no shot of signing, they're all coming now. And for the average age to be just under 25 years old, that tells you enough right now that the money being spent, it's not a retirement league anymore. However, you better sign Lionel Messi when he's available. I was going to come on to Lionel Messi in a second because obviously him joining Major League Soccer. Would you say it's the biggest story in the league's history? It's got to be up there, right? I mean, it will be, um, but I I don't... um, I think we have to recognize the impact that David Beckham had when he said he wanted to come to Major League Soccer in 2007. Mm-hmm. Because I don't find it ironic that Lionel Messi is signing for David Beckham's team in Inter Miami. Yeah. And David Beckham in 2007 changed the trend of the league. Mm-hmm. They were trying to survive. David came, Thierry Henry came, and that first generation of designated player, now all of a sudden the league was thriving in a way that they didn't expect to happen. But when it's all said and done, Lionel Messi will be the greatest story in the league history. No different than my father playing the NASL when Pelé and Beckenbauer came to the Cosmos. It's the same thing. This is just a little different. Messi just won a World Cup. Yes, he may be 35, soon to be 36, but he still had 20-plus goals, 20-plus assists in the top five league in the world, France. So uh, it's going to be very impactful with the World Cup coming in 2026. But I don't want to be disingenuous and not show respect to David Beckham in that decision. Because when Beckham made that decision, the league changed for the better. Well, there is no Lionel Messi in America if David Beckham hadn't gone, right? Because the designated player rule came in directly because of David Beckham, right? Yes. And what's also interesting is what rule is Lionel Messi going to change? He's going to help the league evolve. He just naturally is in multiple ways. And... On the back of Apple TV and that partnership with Major League Soccer for the next nine and a half years, uh, 
what a gift for Major League Soccer and what a gift for the, the, the football, the soccer fan in the United States. I'll be honest, I was really surprised when Messi joined Inter Miami. I was really hoping he would, but I really thought, I saw the, the figures for that Saudi Arabia yeah, offer. You and mean I thought, 400 million net in Saudi Arabia for a calendar year? Yeah, <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's going to go to Saudi Arabia, yeah. isn't he? I, found that, I know that the money in America must be good for him. I know that, you know, obviously having the, you know, the shares in the club or whatever it is that he gets after his heart, it must be good. But there's no getting away from that Saudi Arabia number. The fact that he said no to that and said, no, I'm going to go to Miami. Now, what does that say for the next generation of footballers who, you know, major league soccer teams might be targeting? You know, they're going to, would you say that that's going to, you know, provide a, a case study for them to be like, look, you don't have to go over and take the money. Come to here. Come to America and follow Messi's example. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's a it's a little bit more complicated than that. I like how you simplified it for this. A 1.2 net over three years is a massive number. But what people haven't talked about is that Messi was going to have to be the frontman for the 2030 World Cup bid in Saudi Arabia yeah. against his home country, Argentina. Yeah. So no matter what number that is. There's the complication there. The other aspect, and nobody fully understands this, but the messy people in the group have asked the question for the last two or three years, how can Lionel Messi become the next Michael Jordan? Mm -hmm. And people over here don't understand what that means. PSG wore the Jordan brand. That is a basketball player in the United States that transcends sports. Michael Jordan. Messi's people have asked the question, how can he become the next Michael Jordan? If the only place to do that's in the United States of America. They know that. The World Cup's there in 2026. Copa America's there in 2024. Apple TV's got the documentary along with Major League Soccer rights. He and his family want to live in Miami. A lot of that was lined up for him and his people to answer that question of how he becomes the next Michael Jordan. Now, he has said he's not going to play in the World Cup in 2026. Would it surprise anyone if he does? Nope. Because he's going to be there. He's going to see it. The travel to play for Argentina now is just cut in half because he's not traveling around the world now. So there's a lot of things that are going to play a factor in that. But he wants to be a brand when he's 50, 60, 70 years old. And I think he made the calculated decision on the backs of Apple TV, Adidas, and Major League Soccer, saying, I want to be the next Michael Jordan. I want to be the Michael Jordan in the sport of soccer. And it's still an untapped market. I don't care what anyone says, how far we've grown in the United States. It's still an untapped market. And he's going to be the brand for the next two and a half to three years that everyone talks about as an inner Miami player. That's hard to calculate. Do you think it's realistic and attainable for him to, you know, there may never be another Michael Jordan. There may never be someone who, has the same sort of level of branding as Michael Jordan did. But do you think it's realistic that Messi could be the next sort of the next closest thing to him? I think it's very realistic. I do. I think Adidas knows that. They understand that. Um, Nike understood that with Jordan. You know, to think what Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand has become. He just sold the Charlotte Hornets, you know, for over one and a half billion dollars, right? So his brand is I don't know if he's gonna be Michael Jordan. Can he be realistically the closest thing we've ever seen it? I think he can. And I think the only reason why he can now is he's not playing in the Middle East. He's playing in the United States. And for the next three summers, 24, 25, 26, the world's eyeballs in the world of football are going to be where? In the United States. Copa America, you've got the Club World Cup, and then you've got the World Cup. Messi's going to be the front man for all that. I think the possibility is real. 
you think that as well as as much as anything for Lionel Messi, as well as you know all the additionals, everything that comes outside of soccer, you know all the branding, all of the sort of the promotional material. When you get into that locker room in in Inter Miami, you know how much pressure is there going to be on him? In in Europe at PSG, there was obviously those you know players were looking at Neymar and going, wow, I can't believe him in the same room as Neymar. I can't believe him in the same room as Kylian Mbappe. You know, Messi is still the best ever, but you know, there was at least those other two players there in Miami. Yeah, you, you act like Neymar, Mbappe, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, real in, players. Oh, of course. But in in Inter Miami, he's he's numbers one through five in terms of you know biggest biggest stars in the league. You know, how much added pressure is there going to be on him? I mean, I don't think Lionel Messi is going to sit here and look me in the eye the first time he does an interview with me on Apple TV and says the pressure is something I've never experienced in my life. And I say that with a smirk on my face. This is Lionel Messi. He walks to get a coffee. He's got pressure. This is just going to be way different. He's never going to experience what he's experienced, what he's going to experience in Major League Soccer. The travel, the time change, the weather. And so when I say that as quote-unquote pressure, it's just going to be different. But is it going to equate to the entire world of Argentinians that are looking at him as the next Diego Maradona who hasn't delivered? I can't sit here and look at you and say it's going to be more pressure. It's just going to be different. Yeah. Um, and I think the Sergio Busquets, the Jordi Albas, the Tato Martinos, I think Jorge Masson and his family, the owners of Inter-Miami, I've looked at it and said, listen, we want to help you maximize this, but they want to win. They want to yeah. win as much as anyone. They want to open Freedom Park, which is going to be this gorgeous new stadium, downtown Miami. They want to do all of that. It's just going to be different. But I can't look at you and say it's going to be a pressure that he's never experienced because I, I, I don't know how to naturally talk about having a whole country looking at me trying to be the next Diego Arizona. That's as, that's as much pressure as you're ever going to have. Yeah. If you imagine the younger players in that dressing room, mm-hmm. you know, how quickly do you think the standard of football, or standard of soccer, sorry. Um, uh, it, football, I, I didn't know which one you preferred, so I thought, I I, I thought I'd say both. <laughs> I, I'm not as insecure as people are on it, but that's it's fair totally fun. And if you imagine the younger players in that Inter Miami locker room and, you know, day-to-day training with Lionel Messi, how quickly do you think the standard's going to improve, not just in Miami, but throughout the league as well, as, as you know, teams... You know, every team that plays against him, they're just going to watch him warm up. You know, how quickly do you think that the standard is going to is going to raise? You're talking to me in the middle of July, and mm-hmm. so 24 hours ago, Inter Miami just just played their game. They had six homegrown players playing that game, and I tweeted a picture of all six on the field, and I said, "Imagine what the next two and a half years are going to be like for these young players." Yeah. One, Tata Martino, legendary manager, South American, is a great success all over the world. One with Atlanta. But Lionel Messi's coming. Sergio Busquets is coming. Jordi Alba. Like, you're playing with one of the greatest goal scorers in league history, Joseph Martinez. I'm jealous. I wish I was, <laughs> I wish I was from Miami. Like, in, in all seriousness, these kids just hit the jackpot. They just won the lottery. The expectation level is going to be exponentially higher. But to sit here and say that in, in American sports, for the listeners and the viewers at home, LeBron James in the sport of basketball can win you 50 games by himself. We all know in in football and soccer around the world, that's not the case. So the level of expectation is going to be higher. The level of play has to be higher. It will get there. I just wonder what the fan expectation is going to be that Lionel Messi is going to come in here and score four goals a game and Inter-Miami is going to win 4-3. I, listen, this league's better than what they think. And I think Lionel Messi, after his first six to seven weeks, 
is going to look at all of us that have been doing this for a living and seeing this league for a long time. The same where Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, Zlatan all looked at me and said, whoa, this league is fast. It's athletic. You've got a hundred legs. The travel, the heat, it's better and it's different than people think. And so I think it's going to be a little bit of a shock. But Messi, he's been there. He's going to see it. And I just think the players around him are going to have to understand, listen, we're going to have to raise our game. I think it does get better. And obviously, you know, his his team owner, David Beckham, obviously playing the league from, what was it, 2007 to 2013 or 2012? You know, the league was a much different place back then. So, you know, Messi can ask for all the advice he wants off David Beckham. But, you know, do you think there's a... Yeah, players like me were playing in that. Thank God it's not. It's, the league's a lot better than it was when I was playing. Well, what I mean is, you know, there used to be the rule, I don't believe it's still in place, the rule about chartering planes. Even even stuff that's details that are as minute as that. Every every sort of every Everything. piece of the league has has stepped up. So you know, do you think that there's only going to be a certain amount that, that David Beckham's going to be able to was passing the ball to a player making twenty thousand a year. Yeah. Okay. So this league's different. Yeah. This league's way different on so many levels. That's uh, a that's a tip of the cap to Major League Soccer for the growth and the survival. Now you're thriving. Now it's just different. It's part of. Why I said earlier in this interview, you got to be patient. You got to allow for real growth. Part of that is this. David Beckham was flying commercial. I mean, imagine imagine being a forty year old from Santa Monica, California, and you get on an American Airlines flight from Boston to Dallas, and David Beckham yeah. is sitting in, in first class, and you're sitting there going, "Wait a minute, what?" Like no one's going to be flying with Leonardo Messi, right? So that's part of the growth. I say that because. I think we should embrace that growth because that was where the league was and that's where it is now. Um, David Beckham's still going to have great advice for Lionel Messi on how to deal with certain aspects of the league, certain um, expectation levels of the league. So, he, But even David would look at this camera and say, well, hold on a minute, it's still Lionel Messi. Yeah. You know, David Beckham was a brand that transcended soccer. This is the, arguably the greatest player to ever play this. So... There's going to be some expertise there that Lionel should ask, I, I think, David. But then there's also parts of that that David's going to be like, you know what you're doing. If we can talk briefly about, I know you just mentioned the Premier League. Um, I know that you have a keen interest in the U.S. national team because obviously you played on the U.S. national team. Young striker at the moment, following Balogun, who's recently played, recently made his US national team debut. You know, how long have you been sort of watching him for and keeping up? Because there was so much speculation. You know, is he going to declare for England? Is he going to declare for America? How had you been sort of watching him for a while? Yeah, I mean, I've covered the US men's national team for, if I'm not mistaken, the last twelve years, mm-hmm. right? Uh, three World Cup cycles, all of that. The number nine position with the younger generation coming through and the, and the players and the profiles that they have, it's been the topic of conversation. Right, Josh Sargent's done a very good job at Norwich. He's still a young player. Mm-hmm. Ricardo Pepe's now at PSV, a young player. Elegant, a young player. So his ceilings are high for all three players, but he's a little different, yeah. and he's different in the sense. And and I hate the conversation of well, he scored goals in France, so naturally he's better than the others. We got to keep the expectations, the levels realistic. But what I've liked about him is his natural instincts on the field, how they change. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the park, 
good hold-up play, link-up play, stretches the back line very well. But in the final third, he's goal scorer. He's a goal scorer that complements the Pulisics, the Weyas, the Giovanni Reynas. The players around him now, now all of a sudden you're looking at a front four or five that the United States, when they go up against the other nations around the world, now all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute here. Now there's a compliment to that. Mm. Would you agree that he was basically, he was the missing piece in Qatar, right? There was the, that lack of a, a sort of a central striker in, in his mold? Yeah, but I don't know. Do we know if he's the answer? We don't know that yet. And that's why I, I'm, I'm very reluctant to all of a sudden say, yes, the United States are there. Yeah. The prospects are there. Absolutely. The missing piece is the nine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Josh Sargent actually had, when you look and watch the games for what Greg Burhalter asked of him, he actually was okay. Yeah. He actually was sufficient enough. Now, the other pieces weren't there. Malkin gives you something else, something different. But if he doesn't score goals, then you and I are going to be having the same same conversation, right? Because they have the complement in hold up play and other stuff. They need someone that is a threat that scores goals consistently at the highest level. And that's been a topic of conversation for a while now. I mean, Josh Sargent has been playing for Norwich. He's been playing sort of week in and week out in yes. either the Premier League or the Championship. Fulham Balogun obviously had his time on loan at Rem. Coming back to an Arsenal team where chances are he's not going to get minutes. I just, spoke to, I just spoke to Bradley about, and I said, if speaking as an Arsenal fan first, what do you think he should do? Speaking as a striker, what do you think he should do? Um, I'll tell you what he said in a second. What do you think Balogun should do next season? Do you think that it's better off for him sticking around and trying to compete with no. Gabriel Jesus? Do you think he should leave? No. I, I am a look, look at Harry Kane. How many loans did Harry Kane have? Mm. Right. And, and this is why I always find this hysterically funny how there's always this, like, he, it's, it's so disingenuous when people talk about Harry Kane's one of the best nines in the world, period. And yet, it was not easy for him to find it. But what did he consistently do? He went places that he was going to play. Yep. A goal scorer to me, Josh Sargent, good example. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have my nine scoring goals, playing consistently, versus trying to fight it, not be because nines, I played the position. We're all mentally nuts if we are not. That confidence is very – if you're not scoring goals playing consistently, it's difficult. Harry Kane consistently went on loan, but he was playing. Balogun, if he goes to Arsenal and plays 12 to 15 games or is consistently just off the bench, I know he's fighting his way through it, but from the United States perspective and from Florian's perspective, I'd rather be scoring goals playing week in and week out consistently so my confidence level, he's still young. He's still amendable. So I look at what Harry Kane did and now what he's doing. It's fantastic. But how many young players right now would look at Harry Kane and say, wait a minute, you want on X number of loans? You yeah. can just stay at Tottenham and consistently play? All those summer friendlies that he did in the United States that I was calling for ESPN and Harry Kane was the guy that everyone talked about. And then immediately three weeks later, you're like, oh, he's going on loan here. He's going on I want Balogun playing. If I if I'm Florian, his I would say mentor, um, his agent, I want him playing. And if he's not playing at Arsenal, I don't think it does him any good. Do you think there's Do you think there's still room for him at Arsenal next season? Yes. Obviously, with do you think he could oust Gabriel Jesus from that from that nine position, or do you think it's you know? I mean, the answer. I mean, the answer is always yes. Do I think? Arteta looks at it the same way I do. I think Arteta would love to have competition for Jesus, but Jesus, but uh, I don't. I, I don't. I I don't know if that's coming from Florian now. Yeah, 
maybe one more year from now. That's understandable. Right? That's if he scores goals in a top five league in Europe for the next year, mm-hmm. his confidence level is exponentially different. So you think like maybe if he you know went out on loan to a you know like um, Brandon Aronson yes. that he's gone to Union Berlin, you know, do you think a move to maybe a different league in in Europe? Yeah. Yes. And then I, if I was Florian in in his representation, I would look at Copa America as being a showcase. Yeah. Because then Copa America in the United States, you showcase there. Now you're talking about a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to compound back to back seasons of scoring goals consistently. To prove that he can do that. Now, if he stays at Arsenal and competes, uh, my money's on him to compete. I just don't know if Arteta looks at him the same way that maybe I do or you do or whatever it may be in saying that he's really going to be in competition for that nine. Uh, I don't know if he does. That's understandable. That's very similar to what Bradley said, actually. Bradley said, if he, from an Arsenal fan, he said, keep him. He said, from a number nine point of view, Go out and get some football. Go well, and what like, Bradley did in his career. So exactly. Goal, goal score, but he needed to find a place that believed in him and it allowed him to flourish. And he did that a couple of times in his career. All nines just want to score goals. They just yeah. want to score goals and play. And it's not fun sitting on the bench. And and so I get it. He's young. I think the prospects are high. I'm just a little bit more reserved until we, we see it consistently. And if yeah. you do, then I think that, I think you're talking about a, an equation that the United States haven't really had. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you are very qualified to talk about that because you played in the Debatable. same position, right? So, <laughs> but you, you must know what it's like when you know when you go into those patches of games where you know you, you might be coming off the bench, and you know it, it must must be sort of horrible for you going through. I mean, listen, I was, yeah, I was through twenty one. I was at eighteen sixty Munich. We were in not the Champions League, UEFA Cup, which was now yeah. now it's obviously been changed to Europa League. And I was behind a goal scorer by the name of Martin Max, and he scored over. Th- 150, 175 Bundesliga goals. I wasn't going to play that, but I was 19, 20, I went through that. But eventually you want to play. Yeah. And so in order for me to do that and to get to the national team and then ultimately try to get to England, which was my entire goal all along, I had to go back to Major League Soccer, playing consistently, scoring goals. Josie Altidore, which is an interesting conversation over here in England because he struggled at Hull. But when he went into the national team after scoring a boatload of goals in Holland, he was a different player. Yeah. And he was a real player, a player than Confederations Cup against Spain caused them fits. Nines need to be confident. They need to have repetition of putting the ball in the back of the net. And it doesn't really matter what league it is. And I think England's even had a couple of strikers in years past that have made their way to the national team. From unbeaten paths, from different places, nines need to be confident. They need yeah. to be a little delusional in knowing where they are in the world, but knowing that they're confident and they've seen the ball hit the back of the net. That's why for Balogun, I think you, you've, you've got to consistently score goals, stay in the path, because right now he's, he likes where he is and he feels himself, which is great for a number nine. Don't take that away and then sit on the bench.